Yes, we do. Every single weekend. On these airwaves, if we can, if we can get it right, we try. My name's Casey Steed, the voice of your valley on Merced's News Talk, 107.3 FM, 1480 AM, KYOS. As for you, Marilyn, happy uh, that you're here with us. We had a little problem in the 8 o'clock hour with the second segment. I don't know what happened. It did not load correctly. You heard last week's second segment. But let me tell you, they're all up there on the net, the Internet. At least they will be after 10 o'clock. Today's show, the 8 o'clock and the 9 o'clock show, this show that you're listening to. First and, seg- first and third segment went off flawlessly. But uh, that third one, I don't know what happened. Or second one, I don't know what happened. Anyway... They're up on the internet, our uh, 1480kyos.com website, on-demand platform. Whenever you want to listen to the old shows, just click on the Citizen Watch header icon uh, page, and it'll bring you right there, all the shows. I think we're up to number, gosh, what are we, 98 now, 99? Getting close to 100, closer and closer, and appreciate the contest winner i don't know who it was we're waiting till the nine o'clock hour gets here we record these pretty fresh folks pretty fresh again apologize for that second segment if you were wondering what we said you'll have to go online and listen ah here we are saturday morning again this is the bonus half hour we have three great shows 6 a.m we had Vern warnke from an old interview on the 20th excuse me 14th of february second month there before all the covid stuff happened of course, a lot has changed. We've had Vern on before, but uh, some of those old interviews, you know, you just really nice. What did I want to talk about here? The city of Merced had a council meeting Monday. Very, very interesting. A lot of issues there. Got a little acrimonious there between the city manager and the mayor uh, that was uh, brought out in public. This was something that happened at the last city council meeting when the costs of the pandemic were brought before the council. It was like $96,000. According to the city manager, which was really kind of an affront to Mayor Murphy, he uh, thought it was much, much, much higher. Trying to search here for the number. They had administrative pay, administrative leave, rather. And then they had what they call CTO, compensatory time off, which I think is where you kind of give, you know, the vacation, all of that stuff. You just kind of pay it out. So there was a number of uh, less than $100,000 that was shown at the May 18th meeting at the city council. And Mayor Murphy alluded that he knew it was much higher and that he hoped that was an opportunity for the city uh, staff, specifically the city manager, who's the head guy in an emergency, to bring forward those costs. Yeah, ninety thousand eight forty four, including staff time, with only uh, including the staff time with only twelve thousand eight hundred ninety three dollars. And Murphy said, "No, that's that's not right at all." Uh, going from the Merced County Times article it says, in particular, the city manager entered into agreements that resulted in six hundred and fifty five thousand dollars. In administrative leave to city employees who were paid not to work. In addition, he entered into agreements resulting in $537,000 in CTO compensatory 
time off to other employees. Now, this is Mayor Murphy talking at the last city council meeting. These figures are as of two weeks ago. This was his last Monday night. Now it's three weeks old almost. The total then was $1.2 million. I inquired of the city manager numerous times on this topic to understand what was occurring. He repeatedly denied the existence of paid admin leave until I unco- uncovered incontrovertible evidence that it was not only occurring, but the city manager himself was authorizing it. Mayor Murphy went on to say he implored the city manager in various ways to get those issues on the most recent council's agenda, but nothing happened as a result. Instead, said Murphy, he, Kerrigan, has taken the unprecedented step of telling the mayor that he will not talk to the mayor about the state of emergency. The city manager won't talk to the mayor about what he is doing and what has it done as a head of our emergency operations. The city manager has taken it even further, and he has instructed me that I am not to communicate with any city department head or staff member. I let him know that this is a direct violation of the city charter, which states the city council only gives direction to the city manager, but affords us the right to inquire of other staff members. When pointed to this charter section, he still doesn't acknowledge what it says. This is very troubling. And I have to agree. Uh, It's very, you know, this whole thing is troubling. City manager and the city council, especially the mayor, should all get along. It wasn't that long that we had the state of the city address. I was privileged to sit uh, right up front next to the city manager. I thought the mayor, everybody did a great job. There was warm, fuzzy feelings. Of course, that was before the COVID situation came up. So... I don't know if that is the only thing uh, that's that's happening. Uh, during a weekend of, and this is Mayor Murphy going on, during a weekend of civil unrest around the country, the city manager won't talk to the mayor about urgent matters, and he won't allow communications between the mayor and the police chief for purposes of inquiry. This is not only troubling, but entirely unacceptable and an affront to the citizens that elected this body to represent them. And again, I agree. I don't know. What is going on? I mean, is this insubordination? Is this malfeasance? What is this? Why is this going on? Uh, It's clear in the city charter, uh, the municipal code, rather, we're a charter city, in our municipal code that uh, it's pretty clear these have to be brought before the city council. At, At some point, the city manager had been given the emergency directive Uh, the authorization to enter into these agreements to do these things. But at some point, you still need to bring this back. You can't just go out there with impunity. So, uh, like I say, I I happen to be sitting in the audience, and the mayor wanted to ask Steve Kerrigan four questions. He asked them individually and wanted an answer one at a time, but Steve Kerrigan pushed back against that, said, let me hear all four questions first. So it was kind of a back and forth. The mayor acquiesced and read them off, and here they are. Question one, do you acknowledge Section 8.2 of the Municipal Code that requires you to bring any emergency rule and regulations that you enter into the city council at the early possible or the earliest practical time? Question two, your refusal to talk to the mayor about the handling of the state of emergency is problematic. When do you plan to restart communication with the mayor on this topic? 
That's a really good question. I think that should be sooner than later. Number three, with respect to paid admin leave, you told the mayor that you repeatedly got bad information from your department heads. You said that every department head told you that the employees were fully engaged with work, with the exception of a few employees in the Parks and Rec Department. Do you stand by that statement that you repeatedly got bad information from department heads, or do you want to revise your statement? Now, I found, Mayor Murphy, if you don't know, in his private life as a lawyer, I found when lawyers ask you, do you want to revise your statement, they probably know what the answer is or what the uh, real answer is. So if we work backwards from that, it may be that the department heads were not all uh, not being forthcoming with Steve Kerrigan and him passing that information along to the mayor in air. Makes you wonder if, uh, you know, they knew what was going on. So, uh, again, when, when, <laughs> when a lawyer asks you, do you want to revise your statement, uh, think twice. Question four, you tried to order the mayor not to talk to any of the department heads or city staff for purposes of inquiry. The mayor let you know that your direction to him was in violation of the structure of Article 4 of the Charter. So did you, in fact, instruct any staff member or of our organization not to talk to the mayor? And, of course, uh, this is what happened. City Manager Kerrigan waited for the last question and replied, I would like to respond by saying that this is a personnel matter and that has been discussed twice on May 13th and May 18th, and I won't be answering any questions. It is a personnel matter. After the mayor rebuked Kerrigan's contention that it was a, quote, personnel matter, Kerrigan simply replied, we are in disagreement. Mayor Pro Tem Matthew Serrato reacted on the dais by saying it hurts to see this, and it was like, quote, seeing your brothers fighting. He said mistakes were made by the city manager, but urged unity on the council. The problem with brothers is, yeah, that's a family domestic violence situation, you know, domestic squabble. You know, this is, this is our government here. And uh, while they may be brothers in arms up there trying to push the city in the same direction, the citizens of Merced, I think, are really being done a disservice, as the mayor said, by not being forthcoming with the cost of this pandemic. I mean, let's just say what it is. City Hall has been closed basically, what, since March 19th, sometime in March, uh, just barely reopened. Obviously, that has a cost. You think everybody was working from home? I don't, I mean, maybe they were, but was the production the same? We could talk about lost production, things that were delayed, uh, things like that. I know the city made a lot of outreach to the citizens to try to help them. But let's just talk about what the cost of government is. If it's $655,000 in administrative leave and $537 in compensatory time off, well, let's talk about that. And if it's over $1.2 million, that's a lot different than $90,000. And this is the smoke and mirrors. This is the transparency we've talked about over and over and over about ad nauseum, about having transparency, talking about things where we can know what we're, uh, what we're getting into with these, with these contracts, with these commitments that we have. So again, very, very disappointing that this was not, uh, you know, this had to be brought out the way it was. And I agree with, with uh, Mayor Pro Tem Serrato. It is, it is, uh, it hurts to see this. But if this is what happens, we need to see it. 
And there were several members of the public uh, that came out uh, and supported the mayor and uh, were very disappointed that this had to be brought forward, but uh, brought forward in the way it was, but were uh, congratulatory in the fact that he did do it and the public did know because so many times closed session is just that nothing ever comes out of it. Uh, we never really know what's going on. We saw the uh, performance review of Mayor Kerrigan. I believe it was on the 18th agenda. Evidently, this is what it was about. This is part of what it was about. Councilman, Councilman Anthony Martinez uh, appeared to move back and forth comments in a new direction. Again, this is going from the Merced County Times article, their June 4th edition. Martinez suggested the mayor has a, quote, personal axe to grind and that a personal vendetta against Kerrigan. And I, I think that was completely out of line. Of course, Councilman Martinez's demeanor and attitude and uh, really uh, just, just whole uh, performance Monday night really uh, had some people rubbed the wrong way. When the mayor first brought this up, he vocally... Uh, verbally tried to interrupt the mayor, completely out of order. And I understand Councilman Martinez has some some views on this, but you need to give the respect that is shown. I'm sure you would want the same given to you. We've heard you rattle on, talk ad nauseum about sports and what you're going to do on the weekend. This is a lot more serious issue, and you should be respectful and not rude. And it's really sad when a member of the public has to point that out to you and in, infers that your mother would be disappointed in you for your behavior and you have to agree to that. So again, Martina, uh, Councilman Martinez, you let your personal feelings get out and to say this is a personal axe to grind and a personal vendetta, is it yours? More remarkably, Martinez alluded to an idea, and, and this was remarkable, that there was more than Murphy versus Kerrigan situation that's going on behind the scenes. He suggested the mayor was not cooperating with the decision that was made by the council, presumably in closed session. Martinez went on to say, believe me, the council has already known about this issue and has dealt with the issue. But as was already mentioned, the issue is directly tied to somebody else, which, and there was a long pause, and then he said, things that happen in closed session need to stay in closed session. If you bring out something in closed session into the open, you risk litigation. It was not clear who Martinez was referring to when he said, quote, unquote, somebody else. So again, I don't, I don't know. Uh, well, let me finish up. Interesting sources close to the Times are saying city leaders, city administration heads, and at least a couple Private parties are riled up over some sort of ongoing litigation or threats of litigation concerning a project or official actions taken. It's not clear what the ruckus is all about. And the Times, Merced County Times, continues to investigate the situation. Stay tuned. And, you know, last week's edition of the Merced County Times, they made an illusion or a, uh, a uh, what do they call that, uh, an inference that they had a source deep within the city hall, deep throat, I think they called them, kind of a, an, uh, a uh, reference to the Watergate situation many, 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 many years ago. 
there was a source there they called Deep Throat. I think, uh, was that Halderman or somebody? They eventually came out who that was. But uh, the point being is that all is not, all is not uh, copacetic over there at City Hall with this row between the mayor and the city manager over costs. And I really think that's what it's about. Uh, mayor Murphy is very transparent. He ran on that. He's been very open, good and bad. He's not afraid to uh, show the uh, dirty laundry, if you will, some of the things that uh, that happen that aren't, aren't, you know, I call them Chamber of Commerce moments. You know, you really don't want to bring up some of these things. But if we've spent, you know, upwards of a million and a half going, or you know, 1.2, who knows what it's going to end up being. We're still not completely open. Programs this summer, uh, we know our budget that was another part of the meeting. They talked about the city budget not looking good, my friends. While we passed a balanced budget, we had to borrow a little money from our reserves, which we have some. Again, Mayor Murphy putting that money away for a rainy day. Uh, very successful in doing that. So I don't, I don't know uh, where this is, is headed uh, with the outcome of this, but I can tell you that it, it needs to get resolved. Uh, it needs to get resolved. But the, the uh, revenue coming in, Venus Rodriguez, our new financial director, has indicated that it's not, not uh, really rosy. There are several situations on the horizon with the quarterly tax return. Sales tax returns are in the tank. Transient occupancy tax. This is the uh, di- total discretionary money we get from the hotel, motel, People that come into our area visiting Yosemite, those sorts of things, completely down, completely upside down, very, 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 very bad. And as Venus indicated, we're not going to see this for a couple of quarters because by the time the check gets here, you know, we just got a payment. Hey, it was great because we're working on, you know, January through March, March through uh, June, June to August, August to uh, or. Uh, whatever the uh, last quarter is, those are the ones that are really going to hurt. The the budget underfunding, not to be confused with eliminating uh, one officer position, uh, another regular officer position, and a lead dispatcher, these are just positions they're not going to fund, and they consider them savings. Problem is you don't have the officers that you had hoped to, which again, Mayor Murphy had hoped to increase officers uh, year over year, uh, has had some success in it, but not to the numbers he wanted. And coming up on our ballot in November, I believe, I don't know if the decision has been made, is an extension of Measure C, the sales tax measure. And when we look at uh, funding for police being attacked now on the national scene, you know, defund the police, we don't want to send you any money, you know, we don't like the police, uh, these are really concerning things going forward. Are we going to see the the uh, ballot box uh, turn down some of these measures like we saw in March? So one of the good things is the marijuana revenue. They're moving $580,000 of estimated revenue from local cannabis outlets to the police, fire, and parks. That was the 2020-20 plan of former councilman, uh, current mayoral candidate Mike Bowomany. Uh, 40% going to other areas uh, within those three. But they're taking $100,000 each going to each of those areas. City staff's also working with area school districts, 
also facing budgetary cuts in order to work out a plan for the school resource officers. Again, very controversial now. People are saying, hey, we don't want school resource officers in school. Uh, they're profiling kids. They're getting them into the prison pipeline. This is a, a mili militarization of the schools, having this uniform presence. Again, it wasn't that many years ago we wanted police officers in the schools when we had the school shootings, when we had these incidents of violence, hazing, uh, the gang members in the schools, the youth that were getting intimidated, influenced by these other forces. We thought it was good to have a police officer in the school, and the school district has pretty much picked up the cost of these officers, while the city of Merced carries the uh, liability, if you will, the training uh, keeping the certifications, those sorts of things up. So, again, really, really interesting to see uh, the pushback uh, in the budget uh, about about funding the police. And so, going forward, what is that going to say for the for the sales tax? Uh, because if we're already taking hits out there, it's not going to get any better. So, again, very, very interesting. Youth services are also taking a hit. Uh, some $23,000 in community funding removed from the budget. $20,000 cut to the Boys and Girls Club summer program. Uh, swimming programs have also been removed. The city's welcome center is also being shuttered in the budget as an administrative staff person is being transferred uh, to the airport operations. As of course, you know, the airport, they got a lot of money in. Uh, they uh, have a big grant out there. They're going to do some things trying to get the airport situation uh, a little bit better out there. But the bottom line is revenues are going to go down, and there's no real clear-cut way of where we're going to get this money back. So I hope that uh, people are aware of that. The taxes are going to get more and more on, your, uh, on the ballots, uh, property tax, sales tax, fees, that sort of thing. There's an interesting little blurb here in the Merced County Times about Notice of fee study and public involvement opportunities. The Merced Irrigation Urban Groundwater Sustainability Agency, the MIUSA, M-I-U-G-S-A, which is, uh, there's a website, miugsa.org, conducting a fee study as part of its effort to, uh, uh, to raise rates. So again, that's on the horizon. You think water's free? No, there's nothing free anymore. Every property owner, it's really interesting to read this press release. I'm trying to get done here because i got to get this in the can so you can hear it. But again, uh, really interesting to read the uh, verbiage here. Everybody that uses water is basically going to have a fee for using that water. The monitoring, the measurement, uh, again, Sustainable Groundwater Management Act. We've heard about Sigma for years. If you didn't participate, well, guess what? They're going to raise your rates. And if you're a farmer out there, if you're growing food, if you're drafting water out of the aquifer, guess what? The rates are going to go up. It's just crazy. It really is. And so what they're going to be, they're going to have some public workshops, things like that. I would really encourage people to participate as much as they can. You really need to be involved. You really need to uh, participate because who that, that's how they set these rates. There's an administrative fee. I think MID is going to be the lead. There's other agencies, every city. Even the cities are going to have to pay these fees. And guess where they're going to pass those along to? That's right, to you. So it's just the cost of doing business, the cost of living.
I'm sorry this show's been a little disjointed. We're really short on time here, folks. Thank you for listening to Citizen Watch. My name's Casey Steed, the voice of your valley. Every Saturday, we try to bring you some uh, original content. We'll try again next week. Hopefully, we'll be a little better. Also, stick with us through the for the morning news every uh, every weekday, 6 to 7 a.m. So happy that management's given me that opportunity. But we're out of time. We're, we're way against the clock. See you later. Bye-bye. I see the crystal raindrops fall And the beauty of it all Is when the sun comes shining through To make those rainbows in my mind When I 